And how is everybody out there? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle, and I am your host, Greg. We're in this episode, and after every game, we're going to specifically, myself, get into the NBA Finals, in which the Boston Celtics stole Game 1 from the presumptive favorites, Golden State Warriors. And how are you today, everybody? Um, I watched this game from beginning to end, and I must say, this was a game, this was a performance by the Boston Celtics where if you would have told me they won this game, I would have said, hey, was it a game-winning shot? Was it them needing to knock down free throws with like 30 seconds left to win the game by like a couple points, something like that? But if you would have told me the Final score would have been 120-108 and with like three minutes left in the game. They're pretty much running away, and it's a given that these guys got it. That's how confident, that's how Boston played today. Um, you had so many great performances around the within this game. I mean, you had Steph Curry having um, – 18 points in the first quarter. Halfway through the second quarter, he had 21 points. Um, He looked like he was on his way to maybe a 50-point game. And you had performances by guys on Boston. I'm talking like career nights. You had Al Horford going six for eight for three points. For three, six for eight in three-point field goals, had 26 points. I mean, you had guys like Marcus Smart going four for seven from three, 18 points. You had guys coming off the bench, like D- Derek White giving you 21 points, going five for eight from three-point field goal. Look, you're not going to get that type of production from those players in every game, but it was a very welcome sight because when you have your all-star, your best player on the team, Jason Tatum going three for 17 for 12 points, this is the game where the others need to step up and fill in for Jason, and they did that. And it's not like Jason Tatum had a terrible game. Yes, he had 12 points. He did have 13 assists and five rebounds. So he was able to be productive in other ways, not just the assumed scoring. For me, when I'm watching this game, um, it was a game in which soon as the Warriors hit the ground, I mean, they hit the ground running. You could tell they wanted to go for the jugular. They wanted to knock these dudes out the box. They wanted to be up like 20 in the first quarter, and they could just cruise for the rest of the game. And it just felt like whenever the game was about to be busted open, when the Golden State Warriors had a 10-point lead, the Celtics would clap back with a 10-0 run. If they had a 5-point lead to the Warriors, the Celtics would be able to clap back with a 3 and cut it down to 2. It just felt, and I said this coming into this series, I like the Miami Heat, but I felt like playing the Warriors, it's the first team to 140 that's going to win. And the Celtics had multiple guys that could not only score, they had multiple guys that could shoot the three. You could depend on them on a game-in, game-out basis. I mean, when you look at all the guys that hit three-point field goals, you had guys like Peyton Pritchard. I told you Derek White. You had Daniel Theus, you had uh, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, you had Jason Tatum. You have all these guys hitting threes, and when they're on the court, it's almost as if they out-warriored the Warriors because all the Warriors want to do is spread you out, 
drive, kick, find the open man, pick a roll, reset, pick a roll, reset, pick a roll, reset, have all the defense running around chasing dudes. And I'm not going to lie, this Boston Celtics defense is legit. These guys gave the, the Warriors no airspace. Whenever it was a pick and roll, a quick pass, you saw the defender right there in his face. If you're going to take the three, my hand's going to be in your face. If you're going to go for a layup, we're going to be right here. They were in and harassing the Warriors. I don't want to say making it hard for them, but just making them realize we're going to have to work that much harder to get what we normally get. Um you know, on the when I look at Golden State in this game, you know, there were a couple of things that, you know, this is the first game that the Warriors lost at home. This is uh, the first game they've had in a couple of days. They've had more time off than the Celtics. Celtics winning game seven in Miami. I am not that worried in the Warriors in that they have enough experience and that they know that this is only one game. One game doesn't win you the series. It's the first one of four. What does worry me about the Warriors playing the Celtics is this. They're playing a team that can duplicate the style of play that the Warriors want to play, but with the length and the height of the Celtics and their defensive prowess, that may cause some concern because Marcus Smart, he is that irritant that just gets inside of the opponent's head. And no, nobody could shut down or slow down Steph Curry. Steph Curry could go off and do what he want to do, but it's all about the others. And tonight, the others didn't part. They didn't do their part, pretty much. You had guys um, that just in previous series for the Warriors it just felt like whatever needed to be done they were able to do it we need a big three you had guys that were I don't want to say unknown but just unexpected players having 20 27 point games you had two or three guys scoring 20 points where today it just didn't happen now these things happen but I will say this in watching this game I felt that initially in the first quarter, I said if the Celtics could at least keep it to within 10 by the end of the first quarter, they might have a shot. Because when the tip-off happened, you could tell the speed, the pace, and just the way the Warriors go about their business, the, the Celtics were surprised. Because you could sit there and say, hey, this is what they do, this is what they're going to run. But then it's another thing to actually be out there and see them do it and see, I know what's happening, but just the, the, the pace and the speed and how fast it's like as soon as one player touches the ball, boom, it goes into the other player's hands. And I think the Celtics were kind of starstruck in the first quarter. Then in the second quarter, it was like, okay, we know how to, we know we need to be a little bit more intense, but there were still guys being left wide open for threes. Third quarter, Warriors kind of blew it open. They had like a 14 point lead. It was like, I don't know. Can they take this? And then what happened? It's when the Celtics, their rotations were a little bit tighter. They knew what was going to happen so they could kind of, 
play a little bit faster and stop thinking and just start playing. And I feel when that happened, that's when this offense started kicking in. That's when Al Horford, I mean, for a guy to play in his first play finals a game and to come out and score six three-point field goals, have 26 points in the entire game, that is a special performance by Mr. Al Horford. This isn't going to be what everybody thought it was, people. This is going to be a series where I think it's going to go like six or seven games because the Warriors have a lot of talent and they got the heart of a champion. They're not the defending champion, but they have the heart of a champion. And the Celtics, granted, they don't have all the experience that um, some of what you would think you would want there's something to be said about being young and dumb and not knowing how big the stage is. Are you just going and do your thing? Because that's what the Celtics did tonight. They weren't scared. They weren't intimidated. We don't care who Steph Curry is. We don't care who Draymond Green is. We don't care about Kumanga. We don't care about Poole. We don't care about none of that. We're going to come in. We're going to get up inside you. Pause. And we're going to sit there and play this defense. And we're going to get it done. And that's what the Celtics did today. And what you're seeing in the NBA, for me, my opinion, is that you need to have talent. You need to have talent to win at a high level in the NBA. But more important than talent, you need to have a good culture. And what I mean by that is when you look at the Miami Heat, they got guys that play significant time, start, that haven't been drafted and have been developed in the G League. Same goes for the Warriors. They got guys like Poole was in the G League last year. He was second team G League. Now they're looking at him as the leader of the backup unit slash somebody when they're on, when they have, you know, Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Poole could be that third, maybe fourth option for them. And they have a culture in which they got their big three, but now they got other guys coming. I mean, you got Kumanga, you got um, Moody, Poole. You got guys like Gary Payton the second. You got guys like James Wiseman who's hurt and unable to play right now. They have a good culture. They have a they have a, an idea and an uh, and an identity. Same thing with the Celtics. The Celtics they built this th- team through the draft. They acquired pieces that would fit via trade, and they have a certain type of grittiness and toughness about them. You know, and I think that nowadays. When you're looking at teams in this era of positionless basketball that we're in, I think it's more about culture, how you go about doing your business or how you run your program. And obviously, yes, you need talent because Miami, as great as that defense was, as great as that culture was, they just didn't have enough offense to beat the Celtics. And the Celtics have what Miami has except they have guys that can put the ball in the hoop. This is going to be very interesting. So game one, star of the game, player of the game for me is Al Horford. 
I'm going to go with him. He had uh, 26 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, uh, 6 for 8 for 3, 9 for 12 for the game. This was his first N- NBA Finals game, and he made history in that for a first-time performance, nobody has hit, made threes, 6, as Al, Hor- Al Horford, and he's tied for third, I believe, in points in his first finals game with 26. He's tied with, like, um, a couple other players. So that was my uh, player of the game goes to Al Horford. So as we come to the end of this episode, as I do with all my episodes, I'm going to give you a positive quote. And my positive quote is this. I am grateful that everything is always working out for me. I trust that everything is always working out for me. I believe that everything is working out for me. Thank you for listening. And after game number two, next time we'll chat. Bye-bye, everybody.